You're listening to the Hey Elliot podcast at www.heyelliot.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Ahem. <clears throat> and yes. So we are to part two of my reading of um, what is to be known as Jack's Living Dead Girl that I have on this very website at www.heyelliot.com. And this is Unrequited. Um, I guess we'll just keep on reading it. Uh, when we last left uh, the story, Jack is being interviewed by um officer about the disappearance of Cassie Summers. Cassie Summers. Not Buffy Summers, but Cassie Summers. And this might be a little more... Uh, might be a little less energy than the last one because I'm doing this right after it and also um, I'm a little cringing I'm cringing just a tad bit so let's continue on shall we Sally Forth Jack I wouldn't let her use the phone officer and why the hell not Jack company policy officer company policy Jack company policy yep Officer, which is... Jack, no public use of the phone. Officer, okay, no public use of the phone. Then what happened? Jack, I tried to offer a cell phone and she freaked out and rushed out of the place. Officer, tell me if I'm right, because I want to be perfectly clear on this one. You mean to tell me that a woman comes into your place frightened and confused... She asks to use the phone. She says it's urgent and you need to turn her down because it's, quote, store policy. Is that correct? Do I have all the facts straight? Jack. Yes. Officer. I didn't pull this out of thin ass, did I? I'm I'm still partial to that thin ass thing, I think. I might use it someday. Jack. No, sir. Officer Rodriguez leans in closer. Officer. Let me tell you a little story. I went to Uganda once. I saw kids that were forced, forced to be soldiers. These kids didn't have a choice. They were kidnapped and forced to kill their own friends. Some of the kids that weren't forced to kill or escaped lived the kinds of lives that would make the most stone man weep. Do you got it? I saw my own partner shot in the head. But this is the first time I have ever heard something like this. I want you to understand that I have seen horrors, horrors in this world. Not horrors. <coughs> horrors in this world. But I have never heard something as vile as what you just told me. There's a girl missing, all because you wanted to follow company policy. That makes me sick to my stomach. Ugh. If stupidity were a crime, I would make sure you got the electric chair. Got it? Jack. Okay, yeah, I got it. Officer Rodriguez takes the last look at him. Officer, have a nice day. Officer Rodriguez walks off and out the door. A few seconds later, Ted comes through the door and he comes around the corner. (coughs) Ted, there was a cop here? Jack, yeah. Ted, what did he want? What's the matter? It wasn't your mom, was it? Oh, God, it wasn't my mom. Jack, no. Ted, who then? Not Lindsay. Jack, no, Lindsay's fine as far as I know. Ted, then what did he want? Jack, you remember when that Cassie girl came in and wanted to... Ugh, 
see, I know this is. I just. I have a. Uh, it's a uh, vestigial feeling. It's sort of, you know, like an old factory sense, like an old memory. I know the worst part about the script is that so many things are repeated over and over again. And, you know, I notice it when I watch TV or movies. And um, it's like a lesson I learned and it's permanently burned into my body. But here we go again for the billionth time. Remember that Cassie girl that came in and wanted to use a phone? Ted, yes. Jack, you remember how I told her no when she left? Ted, yeah. Jack, she's missing. Ted, what? Or what? There we go. That's the right way to read that. Jack, yeah, that cop just came in and asked me a couple of questions about her. Then he ripped me a new one. Ted, why? Jack, because that girl is missing, all because I wouldn't let her use the phone. Ted, that was pretty fucked up. Jack raises his voice. How was I supposed to know? Maybe if she would have told me what was going on. Maybe if she didn't flip out on me for saying her name. Ted. That's ah, all in the past, man. You shouldn't let it get to you. You're right. How the hell were you supposed to know she was going to disappear if she didn't use that phone? Are you a god? Jack. No. Ted. Then say it. Jack. What? Ted. Say it with me. I am not a god. Together. I am not a god. Got that from Ghostbusters, by the way, if you can't tell. Ted, you feel better? Jack, not really, no. Ted, sighs. Well, I tried. Jack, fucking Don. Ted, fucking Don is right, you know? Maybe she's fine. Maybe it's all one big misunderstanding, and the next thing you know, she's back in the coffee mill talking to her weirdo friends. Jack, maybe you're right. Ted, he didn't think you had anything to do with it, did he? Jack, who? Ted, the cop. Jack, oh, him. As far as he's concerned, I stuffed her in my trunk and dumped her in the river myself. Ted, fuck him, man. Fuck him and fuck Don. Jack, that's a whole lot of fucking. Ted, what the hell are you here for anyway? I thought Ryan was supposed to work tonight. Jack, he was. Then he had something else I needed to do in, I guess. Don called me and now I'm here. Ted, shit, that man wants you to suffer. Jack, yeah, I don't know what I did to him to earn such a wrath. But then again, I do have a habit of doing the wrong thing subconsciously. Beat. Jack. Hey, do you know if Lindsay's supposed to be here tonight? Ted. No. I don't know where she is. Why? Jack. Just curious. Ted. Curiosity killed the cat, my friend, and for all I know, so did Keith. Jack. That guy does look like he could kill someone with his bare hands, doesn't he? Ted. Yeah, we better be careful not to get too close to Lindsay or he'll catch her scent and hunt us down. Jack <laughs>, laughs. I wouldn't put it past the guy who looks like he does. Wow, these are very... These main characters are very, uh... I don't know. I guess he's trying to make him feel better. Is that what's happening? I don't know, folks. Oh, my God. All right. Turning the page. Turning the page. Oh, goodness. Um, next few lines, I got a mouthful coming up. All right? So I hope I hope you're sitting down for this. <clears throat> Ted. There you go, man. Get your mind off this mess for a while. It's not healthy to dwell on it. Now, I got to go sign in and, ma- uh, and you make yourself busy. Ted goes to the back. We close in on Jack's face. He starts to get dizzy and grabs onto the counter. I don't know why. Oh. Oh, okay. Never mind. I know why now. Cut to a bathroom. This is a long room. Wait, okay. There is a mirror along the wall. 
under the mirror are sinks. Behind all of this are shower stalls. A man is alone in this room, brushing his teeth. He continues brushing his teeth. He hears a noise, then stops. One of the stall doors slowly swings open and then closes. The man stops and looks back to the sink. He turns on the sink and begins to fill it with water. He sees something out of the corner of his eye. He looks up at the mirror. There is Cassie standing there. The man looks behind him. She's not there. Oh, God, I didn't see that coming. He looks back into the mirror, and there she is. The door slams shut, and she advances towards him. The guy is backed up into a corner. She goes up to him. This guy looks in front of him. She isn't there. If we pan out, if we pan out, you know that if we if we do, if we chose to pan out, we see the mirror, and that she is there. He starts to yell. We have a shot of the sink, and see that Cassie, and see that the water has been turned into blood. <gasps> wow. We cut back to the guy and Cassie. He tries to yell a second time, but Cassie puts her mouth on his, and we see her stab a knife into his gut. He doubles over, and we see Cassie grab him and shove his head into the blood. Yep. He struggles to free himself and not drown in blood. Yep. Until slowly he stops struggling, and then we cut to Jack yelling. Oh my god. Jack. It's him yelling. A A A A A H H H. Ah, but that long. He stops. He can now see in front of him. Jack's POV. POV is point of view for civilians, okay? Two women looking at him frightened. Then we see Ted come out from the back and look at the girls and look at the ground. He steps on the ground. Huh. Ted. Oh. He has his things with buzz, bugs. Don't worry about him. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. So he's covering for uh, Jack, even though this is the first time he's seen Jack do this. That's how I'm writing this, folks. That's how 18-year-old me is writing this story. Okay. Don't worry about him. He takes Jack by the shoulders and points him into the direction of the back room. Why don't you go have a seat in there? Jack heads to the back. Ted turns to help the ladies. We cut to Jack sitting in the back room. Ted comes in. Ted. What the hell's the matter with you? You can't just go screaming at the customers. Jack, I didn't scream at the customers. Ted, there wasn't really a bug in there, was there? Jack, no. I think I'm coming down with something. I didn't get much sleep at all last night. Ted, you should get some sleep. I'll tell you what, I'll call Lindsay and see if she can come in for you. Oh, let me get comfortable. Alright, page 27. <laughs> and this is another nice, long, juicy page Ted goes over to the phone we concentrate on Jack he takes a necklace out of his pocket he looks at it as we hear Ted on the phone Ted hello Lindsay I was wondering oh god we're going to hear this entire conversation as he's looking at the uh, at the little cross right or the amulet <sighs> Ted hello Lindsay I was wondering if you could come in and work for a little while well, Ryan was supposed to do it, then he ducked out. Yes, well, then Jack subbed for him, and now he's down with something and can't work the rest of the night. Dot, 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 yeah, okay, dot, 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 bye-bye. Ted comes back. Okay, buddy, Lindsay's coming down. You're lucky you went crazy on a night she wasn't doing anything or I would have caught hell. Jack, thanks, Ted. Thanks for everything. And might I add, not in actually Jack's voice, but Elliot's voice, you know what, I'm so happy we went through that with you. Ted, no problem, Bob. 
I stole that from a TV show, too, I think. Now you want to go home and get some rest. Jack. I'll do that, thanks. Jack gets up and leaves. Dell's story, day three. Fade into Dell, sitting on the couch, looking at the phone. Dell gets up, goes to the kitchen. This is I've never had a drink uh, when I wrote this. Never had a drink since. He goes or before. He goes to the fridge and grabs a bottle of vodka. He goes into the cupboard and pours him a glass. Yes. He grabs the glass in one hand, the neck of the bottle the other. We see other empty bottles on the counter. He turns. How old are you, Dell? I, I need to know how old he is. He turns from the counter right into Cassie. He is so startled he drops the class. C L A S S S. I think 18-year-old Elliot meant glass. Cassie. What are you doing? Are you drinking? You don't drink. Dell. Cassie. You're all right. He grabs her and hugs her. You're here. Why didn't you call? I I don't know, folks. I don't know. <laughs> I can see all the things I did wrong here. I think that people who didn't read this that said they would read it for me should have told me this. It's pretty bad. I think uh, I think they owe me an apology for not telling me how bad this script is. Uh, where am I? You're right. Grabs her and hugs her. You're here. Why didn't you call? Cassie, I would have, but Dell, what happened to you? Oh, I'm, I'm screwing up all the voices, aren't I? How did your date go? Cassie. Dell, listen to me, hon. I'm dead. Dell is confused. You're dead? Cassie. Yes. Dell. How? Cassie. I was stupid and thoughtless. Because it's all my fault and you should always blame the victim. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. I'm not... I. Oh, help me. She was stupid and thoughtless, okay? And she's going to explain what happened to her. But she was stupid and thoughtless. It couldn't have been the fact that she was with assholes, right? God damn it. Oh, no, wait, no, wait. I think I know what's going on. I think I know what's going on, actually. So let's just keep reading. Okay. Dell. I gotta stop drinking. He heads back to the couch, still holding his bottle of vodka, because he's gotta stop drinking. I meant, how are you here if you're dead? Cassie. I might need your help. Dell sits down. Good for you, Dell. Good for you, because you don't know how to drink. Dell. You might. And you'll notice the theme in this story is I like repeating the line someone just said. Am I happy about it? No. Jesus, what do I got coming up? Sorry, I'm looking ahead of myself here. Okay, we're on page 28. Dell, you might need my help. You might need my help. Cassie sits down. She hasn't taken her eyes off of him yet. I could have just let the, cat, the actress choose whatever she wanted to do, you know? Cassie. Yes? Dell, with what? Cassie. Well, I'm taking care of the sons of bitches that murdered me. I'm taking care of the sons of bitches that murdered me and there might come a time when I'm going to ask you to do a big favor. I wouldn't ask anyone else but a good friend of mine. Understand I wouldn't put that kind of trust in anyone but you. Cat Dell. I would do anything for you, Cassie. (laughs) Cassie. I'm glad to hear it. Now I want you to quit this drinking and find a job. Okay. Jeez, nag, 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 right? (laughs) Okay. Dell. Okay. Oh, I can't do this, can I? 
And we're gotten this far, haven't we? We've gone almost halfway through. Okay. Cassie disappears, and we see Del in the same exact position he was in when we first started the scene. What? So we can't tell if it was a dream or not. We fade to black. Uh, we fade in. Uh, on Del sitting in a bar. In front of him is a glass uh, or orange juice. I think it's supposed to be of orange juice. I don't know. Okay, so he's first he's just drinking vodka straight up, but now he decides to add orange juice to the mix. Asshole. He sits there staring at the glass. Then a tired-looking man comes up and sits in the stool next to him. Bartender comes up without needing to say anything. Man, bud. It's a bud Budweiser drinker. Bartender reaches down and gets the guy a bottle. Man looks over at Dell and says, Man, what's your name, son? Dell. Or, uh, Dell. <laughs> Man. Oh, God, I can't do this. <laughs> uh, Dell. Or, uh, Man. Well, that's an interesting name. Dell. It's short for Odell. Man, no doubt. Say, son, aren't you a little young to be drinking? Dell, doesn't feel that way. Man, what's the matter? A girl you love dump you? Dell, no, died. Man, died. Ain't that the shits? Raises his glass. To your girl and may she rest in peace. He takes a swig. A swig. Say, tell me about this girl of yours. Dell. I, I don't really want to talk. It still kind of hurts. Man. You shouldn't think that way. Come on. I'm curious. Give an old man his dying wish. Dell. Have you ever heard the term Deus Ex Machina? <laughs> You're an idiot. Oh my god. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Okay, we're going to keep going. <laughs> plowing ahead here. Dell. Yes, okay, man. No. I ain't never learned Spanish. Dell. Well, it's actually Greek. It means God in the machine. Well, when Greek playwrights would... And I'm going to explain to you. I'm going to define you, okay? Well, when Greek playwrights would would write their stories, sometimes the plot would get the way out of hand from them and they would have God come down from heaven and set everything right. When directors would put the, uh, when directors would put the show, I can't read it like this, put the show on, they would raise God down from the rafters so he could perform such miracles. Well, now, oh, nowadays, can I just read it plain? No, you have to read it like that. Well, nowadays, when a writer gets lazy and has one object that sets everything right, that's called a duos ex machina. <laughs> well, that is what Cassie was to me. If I was feeling bad, beat up, suicidal, she would come and talk to me and it would make everything all right. That was what my girl was, my deus ex machina. Man, she sounds like... oh. <clears throat> She sounds like an alright girl. Dell. She was. Man. I like you, kid. You sound motivated. Dell. Do I? Man. Yes. You know why? Dell. Why? Man. Because of her. 
because of this girl. Dell. Oh, really? Man. Sure. Great woman is a great motivator for any man. A pause. Not a beat, but a pause. Man, let me tell you something. Dell. Okay. <laughs> and here's another long little spiel from the man. Oh, I should have a drink. The man. <laughs> the man's voice hurts my throat a tad bit. You ready? All right, let's keep going. Plowing ahead here. In the... Okay. Man, you know, when Jesus died, he went to heaven. Well, he died and went to hell. <laughs> and on the third day, he went to heaven. Oh, okay. Anyway, when Jesus died, since then he set sits on the right hand of God Almighty until the end times when he judges the quick and the dead. So I got to thinking, when they drain a lake, you see all these fish struggling for their lives while their world disappears around them? I get to think the same way Jesus thinks. Fuck them. Because until the judgment day, the judgment day, you know what I mean? And Dell goes, yes. The man continues. Jesus ain't got nothing to do but pray and sing. Oh, God. All right. Jesus ain't got anything to do but pray and sing. So I was wondering if there was any way I could pull the wool over his eyes and get out of the judgment. Wait. You don't suppose you can hear me, do you? Dell. I don't think so. Man. Oh, well. Fuck it. The man then downs his liquor, his liquor, not his beer, but his liquor, and gets up. Man, it's been a pleasure meeting your acquaintance. I hope everything works out with your lady. He gets up and walks away. We fade to black, and now we're on to day four. <sighs> Jack's story. We cut to a strip club. A strip club, folks. The story is going to take it places. We cut to a strip club. It's a pretty full house. We hear the DJ. DJ. All right, next we have Satin coming to the main stage and Candace on the small stage. We cut to a pair of legs coming down the stairs. We see Satin dressed in a schoolgirl outfit. What a pervert I am. She gets to the main stage and she picks up an empty chair and carries it to the stage. All right, she's getting a chair, fellas. You know what this means. We cut to Satin, placing a chair in front of a pool. DJ, oh, we're looking for a David Loomis. <laughs> we cut to David Loomis. I think that was a character in uh, Friday the 13th, wasn't it? And I stole it. I stole it, folks. We cut. This is a long one. Okay, you ready? We cut to David. He's sitting alone. He's obviously confused. Because you need friends to pay for this special treatment. Oh, okay. He gets up and goes to the stage. Satin is there waiting for him. She grabs his hand with hand and leads him to the chair and sits him down. Then Pink Floyd's dirty woman comes onto the speakers and Satin begins to dance. Here, let me help you with this, okay? Oh, I need a dirty woman. Oh, I need a dirty girl. Boom, 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 boom. You got it in your head now? Okay. She dances nice and seductive. Or no, it says nice, a seductive. Like then, she puts her head in his crotch. Oh, undoes the belt and pulls, pulls it out with her teeth. I think the belt, not dick. 
<laughs> so then picks him up and pulls his pants down. She makes him get on all fours. She takes the belt and begins to whip him with it. At first, it is soft and teasing. It gets faster and harder. Then she picks him up and puts him into the chair. Puts him onto the chair. She goes over to her money purse and takes out a pair of handcuffs. She goes over to David and climbs up the pole and falls down onto his lap. She then takes her handcuffs and tries his, ties his arms from behind him around the pole. Then she takes his belt and wraps it around his neck as tight as she can and leaves it. <gasps> she then goes to her purse and takes out a small Swiss army knife. She goes over She goes over the now yelling guys are silent. She goes over the now because they see that satin has turned into another girl. The girl is Cassie. David can see this as well and starts to panic, but he can't move. In a swift move, Cassie stabs David in the stomach and goes around and pulls the belt until David stops moving. Wow. Classy way to die, folks. Then as the song finishes up, she walks off the stage and all eyes are... On a one her. All eyes are one her. As she pushes a bouncer out of the way and walks out of the strip club, then... We got to Jack awakening with a start. Then we fade out. Because I guess it's all we're supposed to see. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Okay. I'm going to need this serenity prayer for the next 30 some more pages, folks. Yeah. Jesus. This is literally the first time I've read this in years. I do want you to know that. I want you to understand that. I didn't just write this last night. Alright? I have improved my game a little bit, I'd like to think. Okay. We fade back into Jack going into the coffee mill. And on his way in... Ugh. We fade back into Jack going into the coffee mill. And on his way in, he runs into Don. How many ends can I fit into that sentence? Don. Jack. Jack. Don. Don goes out the door. Jack rushes over to the counter. Ted is the one manning the counter. Ted, what are you doing here? Did I come in the wrong day again? Shit. I must be going crazy. Jack. There must be a lot of that going around. But um, bum Ted. Yeah. What are you doing here? Jack. I need to talk to you about Cassie. Ted. Cassie? Jack. Yeah. Ted. I told you not to beat yourself up about it. There was no... Jack. I know. I know that. Just listen to me. Something's happening and I don't know what. Ted. What are you talking about? Jack. I saw something. You remember when I got sick? Ted. How can I forget? You're all like... He mimics him. Jack. Shut up. Well, I wasn't sick. I saw something. Ted. What do you mean you saw something? You mean like a vision? Jack, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. I saw Cassie kill a man. Ted, what? Jack, yeah. I saw a man in the bathroom, and I saw her, then he saw her, and then she proceeded to kill him, and then I came to here in front of the camera. What? Oh, God, what an asshole. I did, I did actually write that. I came to here in front of the camera. I am no longer saying I wrote this. Alright, a different Elliot wrote this. And Elliot put that in there, folks. 
Ted. Holy shit, man. Are you sure you're okay? Jack, yes, and I know what to I know what I saw. Just then two people come in and pass come in and to the counter and proceed to give Jack their orders. Lindsay passes by. Lindsay. Jesus. Lindsay. Hey, Jack. What are you doing here? Jack. Um, I just need to get some information from Ted. Lindsay. Hey, my birthday is tomorrow. I hope you got me something good. Jack. I I did. Don't you worry about that. Lindsay. I can't wait. She starts to leave. Jack. Oh, wait. Lindsay. Jack. Lindsay. Yeah? Jack. Do you think you could find me a newspaper? Lindsay. Yes. Just let me get rid of these glasses. Jack. Okay, thanks. Lindsay walks off. The patrons get their cups and leave the counter. Ted. What were you saying? Jack. Well, after I saw the guy die in the bathroom, you sent me home. Ted. Yeah. Jack. Then I went to sleep and everything was going okay for a while. Then I saw a strip club and then I saw Cassie kill a man on one of the stages. Ted. Oh, don't worry about that. It must have been a dream. You were probably still worrying that you had something to do with Cassie's death. Jack. I don't think so, man. I could feel them die. I could feel the pain they felt before they died, man. Lindsay comes back with a newspaper. Lindsay. Because, of course, she has to talk. I mean, when I wrote this, when Elliot wrote this, he thought that every character needed to say something. And you know what Elliot knows now? They don't. Sometimes they just shut up. Lindsay. Here you go. Jack. Thank you so much. He pauses to look upon her. Yes, he does. Lindsay smiles. No problemo. She walks off. Jack's face gets serious. He takes the paper and puts it in front of him. On the front cover is a headline. Girl, 21. Missing. Good lord. I was not... Was I 21 when I wrote this? No. No, I wasn't. Was I? Huh. Jack stops at this and looks over to the front cover. Then he shuffles through the paper until he finds local. This, you know what? This should be on the headline. Oh, I can't. I can't. The struggle is real, folks. The struggle is real. He finds local. He finds a headline. He puts it down and points at it. The headline reads, Man found dead in dormitory bathroom. Stabbed, then drowned, police say. Jack. Read it. Ted, now a little intrigued, takes the paper. A college student was found dead. Police say he was stabbed and drowned. Police have not released his name. Huh. Jack takes the paper, takes it back, and shuffles through it again. Jack puts the paper down and again points at the page. Jack, read it. Ted reads... Man killed by a stripper during a dance. The crowd around the stage looked on with horror. Only witness said they saw her change into another person. Only, or one witness, said they saw her change into another person right before their eyes and killed a man who was tied to a chair. Huh. Jack. You see what I mean? 
Ted. Yes, I kind of do. Jack, you don't think I'm... You don't think I'm lying to you? Ted, not so much anymore. Jack, good. Now tell me everything you know about Cassie. He already did. He already got... Okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We can all forgive you now, 18-year-old Elliot, for being an idiot. Ted, where do I begin? Jack, you said she was a Wicca, right? Ted, yes I did. Jack, what did you hear? Ted, that she was a Wicca. Jack, frustrated. Other than that. Ted, okay. I heard she goes to these meetings once in a while, but from what I hear, all these people ever talk about is the environment and whatnot. I never heard about her being able to come back from the dead. Jack, that's all you know? Ted, that's all I know. Pete, Ted, doesn't make sense, you know? Jack, I know. I mean, people can't come back from the dead and kill those who wronged them. Jack, I know. Ted, next thing I know, you're going to tell me that we are figments of uh, Tommy Westfall's imagination. I'm not going to explain that to you. Some other day, maybe. We're just going to keep on going. Jack, what? Ted, never mind. Wait a minute. If everything you say is true, Jack, it is. Ted, then why would Cassie want to show you these things? Jack, maybe she's pissed at me for not letting her use the phone. Ted, I can see that. And uh, on a side note, perfectly rational explanation. That's me saying that, not Ted. But if she's so pissed at you, why doesn't she just off you anytime she wants? Jack. Maybe she can't. Ted. Why not? Jack. How am I supposed to know? I didn't even know what's going on. Ted. So what it sounds like to me is the blind leading the blind. I'm going to try to follow. I'm trying to follow you here, buddy, but it's kind of hard. Jack. I know. That's all right, man. I'm not sure I believe it myself. She's a Wicca. Ted. I think we've covered that. Jack. You said she was some kind of genius. Well, I was wondering, oh, God, this is going to hurt. This is... <laughs> oh, oh, God, I can't stop what is about to happen, can I? Jack. You said she was some kind of genius. Well, I was wondering if her being a bored genius led her to these ideas of certain aspects of the occult, led her to look up things like spells or charms. You know what, folks? I would like to, uh, I would like to applaud right now Jack's deductive acumen because I would never have jumped to that conclusion. Ted, I can see that. Of course, Ted can. Because Ted's me, and Jack's me, and I'm me. Lindsay comes back through. Lindsay, Jack, you're still here. Jack, I am. Lindsay, what are you two talking about that's so exciting? Ted, Jack's been having uh, dreams. Jack interrupts. About sports, yeah, I've been having recurring dreams about being a trap shooter. Lindsay, okay. Wait... Then what did you need the paper for? Jack, I had to show Ted an article about trap shooting. About trap shooting. Lindsay. Okay, that's a little strange. But with you, Jack, I would think anything's possible. She heads off into the kitchen area. Jack turns to Ted. What are you doing? Ted. What? Jack, you can't be going around telling people about my dreams. I don't want to sound like some crazy person. Ted, you told me. Jack, well, I'm not interested in possibly dating you someday. Now am I? Ted, I don't 
think so. Jack, the answer is no. No. Ted, okay, I was just thinking maybe she's heard something and can give us a little info. Jack, listen to me. We don't tell Lindsay anything about me going insane, but if, for instance, she does end up going out with me someday, you are free to tell her, because I think it would be best for her to know that she's an insane lunatic. Ted, okay, I got it. Jeez, you don't have to go ape shit on me. Jack, I'm sorry, man. I'm just sorry, man. I have had trouble... I've just had trouble sleeping. Maybe that's what is wrong with me. I haven't been getting enough sleep, and I'm starting to see and feel things that aren't there. Ted, could be. Yeah, maybe that's just it. Ted, I'll tell you what. You go home, try to get some rest. If something like this happens again, you come talk to me, okay? Jack, I'll do that. Thanks for talking with me, man. It feels good to talk about it and sess out all the details. Ted, no prob, Bob. Jack turns and heads to the door. Jack yells at Lindsay. Yells, bye, Lindsay. Lindsay, from afar. We fade out, of course. And now we've just got to talk. We've got to, you know what? We've got to go through Dell's Day. And uh, Dell's Day 4. We fade in. On that note, I'm going to have a sip here. Sip of water, not booze. Maybe for the third part, I'll crack open something. But right now, let's just enjoy. Let's just enjoy water, okay? All right, page 36. Come on. Hold on a second. God damn. Page 36. Dell is asleep on his back on the couch. The scene is sunny and happy. Oh, God. We have another dream. Another dream, aren't we? The scene is sunny and happy looking. Cassie comes from off camera onto his lap and kisses him. Dell wakes up. Cassie. Wake up, sunshine. Dell. Oh, I'm awake, pumpkin. Cassie, don't you have to be at work? Dell, no, I took the day off. Cassie, why? Cassie's voice, Dell. Dell, I have a special day for us planned. Cassie's voice, Dell. Cassie, what's on the agenda for this special day? Dell, it's us. Cassie's voice sharply, Dell. We cut to Dell waking up on his stomach on the couch. Cassie's voice. There we are. We cut to Dell laying on the couch with Cassie standing over him. Cassie. You were dreaming about me again. Dell. Well, it's the only thing I've been able to do for the past few days. Cassie. Go ahead. Dream about me. That's the least of our worries right now. Dell. Our? Cassie. Yes. Cassie crouches down, and we see from Dell's POV, Cassie staring at him. Cassie, I need to ask you to do something for me. Sit up. Dell sits up. Cassie sits next to him. Dell, do something. Yes, you know I'll do anything for you. Just name it. Cassie, I need you to kill someone for me. Dell does a double take. What? 37. Page 37. We made it this far. Okay. Cassie. There is someone I need who I need you to kill. Dell. Cass? 
when I said I would do anything for you, I was talking about like money or going to the ends of the earth. I never thought killing would be a part of it. Cassie, please. Leans over and kisses him. Do this for me. Dell to self. This has got to be because of the alcohol. This has got to be. Cassie. No. Get a hold of yourself. This is me, Cassie. Your lifelong pal. Dell. I can't kill, Cassie. Cassie. Dell, listen to me. Not as Cassie, but as a girl you loved. I need you to do this for me. Dell. I don't. Cassie. Dell. You mean to sit there and tell me you wouldn't even kill the man who killed me? Dell, attention. What? Cassie, now saddened. He killed me, Dell. Dell, a who? Cassie, the guy who works at the coffee mill, Jack James? Dell, he did this to you? Cassie, yes. Look, if you don't believe me, go to his house and you'll find my necklace. Dell places his face into his hands. Dell, even if the oh sorry, ugh. Even if this guy, even if this guy did kill you, I don't think I could do the same. I could call the police, Cassie. <laughs> the police? You think the police would bring him to justice? Are you kidding me? The worst they can do is give him free room and board, free meals for life. That's not justice. Justice is an eye for an eye. You know this more than me. We've talked about it. Dell. Obviously, Cassie is very pro-electric chair. Anyway, Dell. If I kill him, what's to stop his friends from killing me? That's a very sound question. Cassie. That would be the least of your worries. I know you have it in you. You're stronger than you think you are. Dell. No. Cassie. Yes, Dell. Please don't make me give you an ultimatum. I don't want to do this. I don't want this to go where I think it's going. I have no one else to turn to. I don't know where it's going. As the, the former writer of this, I have now disowned it. I don't know where it's going. Dell. Well, of course not. You're dead. Talking to your formerly sober best friend. Cassie. I'm not an hallucination, okay? Fine. I'll give you proof. I'll show you something that will clear everything up, and then you will see what I'm talking about. She kisses him again. Goodbye for now. She gets up and exits off camera. <laughs> Dell is left alone. He sees a bottle on the coffee table. He picks it up, looks at it, and throws it against the wall. He throws it against the wall. We hear the glass break. Dell closes his eyes. He reaches for a cell phone on the coffee table. He dials a number. We hear it ring. Julia's voice. Hi, Dell. Dell. Julia, how are you doing? Julia's voice. I'm fine. I know, Dell. I haven't heard news on Cassie yet. Jesus. What a... Never mind. You know what? I will reserve judgment on Julia. Dell. Oh. Oh, listen, Julia. I need to tell you something. I keep seeing Cassie. Julia. I know. It's natural for the mind to make you see someone you miss in the faces of others. 
still. No, what? I, oh, God. Oh, help me. How am I going to get through this? I guess I'm going to have to. I've started this far. I'm halfway... Jesus. Am I even halfway through? I gotta be. I gotta be out there halfway through. Julia. Okay, I know it's natural for the mind to make you see someone. I don't know if it's natural. It's the faces of others. Tell. No. I mean, I keep seeing her here. She talks to me. Julia. You mean she came back? Dell, no. She told me she's dead. Julia, have you been drinking? Dell, no. Well, yeah, maybe a little. But it's not the booze. I'm telling you, she comes to me and talks to me. Julia, what have I told you, Dell? Drinking doesn't solve anything, all right? Listen, I have to go. I want you to... I want you to butt the booze away and get some sleep. Promise? A beat. Julia. Del? Del. Yeah, I promise. Julia. All right, I really have to let you go. Bye, Del. Del. Yeah. Del hangs up. First time we don't have a bye. I don't know if this leads to anything, but... Uh, we sally forth. <clears throat> he lays down and we fade to black. Fade in. On a door. <gasps> Note. Note. This is where I want it to begin. Oh. Maybe this is the second draft. The door swings open on a pair of red high heels. One pair of red high heels enters. The camera pans up to reveal a beautiful redhead. She's wearing a black dress. Her lips are painted red. She stops for a second, then looks around. Then she sees what she wants. Looking for... What she was looking for. And TBR walks past the camera. The camera follows her. She stops at the bar and sits down on a stool. The camera swings around to the left of her. Got it? Good. Bartender. What can I get you? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that voice. What can I get you? Uh, TBR, I guess that's the beautiful redhead. To bartender, tequila on the rocks. Because, you know. She looks at the camera and looks down as if she's contemplating what to say. Looks back at camera, then finally, TBR. Hey, do I know you from somewhere? The camera shows from TBR's POV a young man. This man looks like he has a lot in his mind. At the sound of TBR's voice, he stops his arm in mid-drink. He turns towards the camera. He pauses for a bit, then... Man, are you talking to me? TBR. Well, now that you mention it, yes. Yes, I am. Oh, okay. What were you asking? Well, when I walked in and sat down, I saw you. I thought you looked kind of familiar. I was just wondering if I've seen you before. Man shakes his head. I don't know that I've seen you before. Uh, where'd you go to school? TBR. St. Mary's. All girls school. Man. Well, that narrows things down quite a bit. Do you come to this bar often? TBR. Once in a while. Maybe I just recall seeing you the last time I was here. Dennis. I'm in here quite a bit nowadays. Oh, I just gave it away who it was. Huh. Man in here quite a bit nowadays. Thy, thy should give me a gold card or something. <laughs>, Laughs to himself. Bartender, here you go. 
TBR. Thanks a lot. TBR extends her hand. My name's Catherine. All right, I guess we're doing this. Um, I don't know. Let's see. How many more pages do I have? We're going to pause for a second. Hold on. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, I tell you what. We're going to pause. Well, no, let me finish the sequence, and then we'll pause, and we'll do a part three. Okay? Because I don't know. I don't know if I can take this anymore. I really don't. Man, Dennis, Catherine, nice to meet you, Dennis. Dennis, believe me, the pleasure is all mine. Catherine breaks into that laughter for some reason. <laughs> Dennis, what? Catherine, finishing up laughter. Oh, nothing. Dennis, ha. Huh. Well, you can't blame a guy for trying. Oh, okay, I see. Catherine, I wouldn't dream of it. Beat. Are you alone? Catherine says. Dennis, what? Catherine, I mean, are you here alone? Dennis takes another look at her. He gets one of those oh, of course looks. Oh, of course looks. Women, you have to read your man. If he gives those oh, of course looks, you're being a little nutty. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. And then he looks away from her. Dennis, I'm not interested. Catherine, what? Oh, God, no. I'm not a prostitute. She laughs and playfully hits Dennis on the shoulder. <laughs> the way you men think. Oh, God. Have I ever written... Ugh, God. I don't know, people. I'm on the ropes on this one. I'm in the corner or something. The way you men think. Just because a woman is dressed to have fun doesn't mean she wants to have fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm alone here. Look, I'm sorry for thinking you were up, uh, Catherine. Don't worry about it. Besides, I deserve it. Look at me, dressed up like this. <laughs> she did say that. She related. I re- okay, we're going to get through this. We have to get through this. All right, for the podcast. Look at me, dressed up like this. It's natural. A certain few are inclined to think I'm a prostitute. It's not every day a young woman walks around. Dressed up all unescorted and why not? God damn it. Dennis. Also, it's not every day a pretty woman comes up to a guy sitting alone at the bar and talks to him and not have an ulterior motive. Catherine. What makes you think I don't have an ulterior motive? Dennis. I don't. Where did you say you worked? Catherine. Teasingly. I didn't. (laughs) I I don't know if that's how it's supposed to be read or not. Dennis smiles. Where do you work? Catherine. Uh, I work as a telemarketer. Dennis. What do you do? What is this? What do you do? I, I, I don't know. I don't even know if you'll hear the end of this story, people. Uh, we're on the next page here. Catherine. I sell newspapers to unsuspecting victims in Ohio. Dennis. I see. Did you say Ohio? Catherine. Yes, I did. Dennis, all the way out there. Catherine, yep. Dennis, I always thought that you people sold magazines within the city. I can't believe I'm doing... I can't... I. You know what this is like? This is like... <laughs> this is like... 
Hitler's grandparents were alive for everything. Does that make sense? It's like maybe not Stalin's parents. Anybody who's um, like Genghis Khan. Okay, that's less insightless. It's like Genghis Khan's parents just woke up and saw his son killing the entire world. That's what this feels like. I, I. Okay. Dennis, I always thought you people sold... Or that's Dennis, sorry. I always thought you uh, people sold magazines within the city. Catherine, you people... Well, this is stupid. Whatever I was trying to do here. Dennis smiles. Sorry, I mean, I always thought the telemarketers that call me were always within the city limits. Catherine, not always, I know. I was shocked when I first started and found out I would be selling newspapers from here to Ohio. Dennis, oh God, why do I? Why do you suppose you have to do that, Catherine? I guess so. If you want to get a random crazy person who gets upset that you interrupted whatever he or she was doing for newspapers, he or she can't come after you because he or she doesn't know where you are. Dennis, well, at least they can still hang up on you, Catherine. Yes, this is true. Dennis, do you care if you get hung up on what is going on, Elliot? Catherine, I used to. When I first started, I would take it as like a normal personal slight towards me. After a while, I got used to it. It happens. You start to get desensitized to the whole thing. Dennis, like working in a morgue. What am I doing? Catherine, it wasn't looking for such... I wasn't looking for such a morbid example, but yeah, kind of like working in a morgue. Laughs. Hee 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 all right, as this conversation is going on, uh, the audience is falling asleep. No. Um, Catherine, as this conversation is going on, this is in parentheses, by the way. Catherine is doing positive in to you body language, which the guy writing this doesn't know yet. <laughs> also, she moves a little closer to him as the conversation goes. Catherine, so, Mr. Dennis, how do you scrape your living? Dennis. Well, currently I'm not scraping much. I'm actually in between jobs at the moment. I used to work up at Maley's Records, but I got fired because the manager said he caught me stealing records. But I just think he found out. I like Hootie and the Blowfish. But I'm bum. Catherine jokingly. You like Hootie and the Blowfish? This was also before, uh... What's-his-face broke off and talking about riding a cowboy or whatever. Uh, wow, did you deserve that? Flirting? Flirting? Oh, come on, I'm just kidding. It's all right if you... If you like Hootie, I don't give a damn. I'll tell you what I like, and you can shoot it down. God. This is going on for a... <clears throat> okay, we're going to rush through this, because... Wow. I don't... I don't know if I could do this to you people. I've got one, two, three, four... Five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've got nine, ten pages of Dennis and Kathy, Catherine. Do you realize that? I've got ten pages left of Dennis and Catherine talking. I'm going to pause here, okay? And uh, I guess I'm going to go through it. But I'm going to give you a break. So this is the second part of uh, 
the reading of one of the early drafts of Jack's Living Dead Girl. Okay? I'm going to pause here because I don't know why there's ten more freaking pages of these two blathering on like idiots. So, oh God, I might need drinks. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get something to drink and maybe I'll... I'll be able to give you the rest of this, um, this, uh, abomination. Okay. So that's, that's the, the, the part two podcast. Hope you all enjoy yourselves. I will, uh, talk to you soon. Toodles.